Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, February 5th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, in the aftermath of the longest government shutdown in history, we're looking back to the 2013 shutdown to see what we can learn. This most recent government shutdown left many federal workers working without pay for 21 days, as opposed to 16 days in 2013. In its wake, there are multiple lawsuits on behalf of workers trying to get damages. And the lawyers in those cases, and experts as well, expect a legal slam dunk for the workers. This is because the exact same lawyers brought the exact same case after the 2013 shutdown. And they won. So today, I've got journalist Will Greenberg in the studio with me to parse this all out. After this most recent government shutdown, which was the longest one in history, many of the federal workers who were forced to work without pay are still feeling the effects and reeling from the effects. And now we see that multiple lawsuits have been filed to try to get these workers their money for damages. What are the lawsuits arguing? There are multiple lawsuits for this shutdown right now. And the one that my story focus on was one filed by this law firm, Cal Jarvi, Choosy, Newman and Fitch, um, along with the American Federation of Government Employees. This argues that the federal government committed a violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act, which is an act that it's in the name, you know, it regulates things like minimum wage and, uh, you know, overtime pay, child labor, etc. So the claim is that because the government didn't pay the workers on time, they violated the FLSA. So the law says that they are due the back pay, the money that they should have been paid in the first place, and damages that is equal to the amount that they were owed. So effectively, it means that they would be getting double pay. Right. And you wrote that the lawyers in this case in particular expect to win. So why is that? And what is the precedent for these types of cases that's making them so confident? Yeah, they're very confident because they just won this exact case two years ago. The exact same lawyer filed the exact same case after the 2013 shutdown. Uh, Heidi Barakowicz, she filed the only lawsuit during that shutdown, which, again, claimed a violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act. So in 2017, the Court of Federal Claims ruled on the side of the workers that that they are owed damages. And because it was the exact identical case, you know, a late payment because of a shutdown, we have the exact same case here. They're pretty confident they're going to win. I've spoken with a couple lawyers who agree, you know, it's a pretty straightforward instance of just having to prove whether the government is liable. And they just did that. So uh, they're feeling good. And so in order to actually receive those benefits, you have as a federal worker, you have to sign onto the case. Yeah, that's an important point. So unlike, you know, your your basic class action lawsuit where in, you know, normally if you're affected by the issue at hand, you would be granted, you know, those damages. But in this case, you have to sign on to the case yourself individually. So the law firm is asking people if you're affected, you know, absolutely sign on. You can sign on on their on their website. 
So the case was won for the 2013 shutdown in the sense that the workers are legally owed money for damages. But have they actually received that money yet? Not yet. So they did receive their back pay. So the money that they should have received just for, you know, your average paycheck, the 2013 workers got that within two weeks of the shutdown ending. What they're still waiting on is their damages that the court ruled in 2017 they are owed because of the violation. So this is actually not that surprising. Uh, Barakowicz tells me, you know, litigation takes a long time and these calculations also take a long time because the shutdown started, I I think it was a Tuesday, the 2013 uh, shutdown, meaning it was in the middle of a pay period. So each individual person with different overtime and different hours and pay scales, they have to calculate all of those payments. So funnily enough, the lawyers tell me I was not, I did not hear back from the Department of Justice, but they're in charge of calculating all of the payments and they were shut down yet again. And right when they were reportedly getting close to sending out all of the payments. So another shutdown has delayed payment for these workers yet again. So now that things are back up and running, I checked with the lawyers yesterday. They say that DOJ is close to getting the money for those damages for the 2013 case soon. So did you find that there were workers who were part of the 2013 lawsuit who are now signing onto these newer lawsuits who are part of both shutdowns? Yes. Uh, the lawyers told me that, you know, they don't have an exact number of people who are involved in both cases, but it's likely there's a lot of overlap considering, you know, these are stable federal government jobs that people stick around in for a long time. So, and I know, uh, you know, I spoke to at least a couple people who are still waiting on damages and who plan to sign on to this current suit. But one thing to note is that the lawyers do expect things to move more much more quickly this time, considering the the court just, you know, proved li- that the government was liable and, you know, two years ago. And that was the issue that took four years of litigation. This time it should be quicker. And considering the this most recent shutdown, it started on a Friday. So the beginning or the end of a pay period, however you look at it, it was neatly just two missed paychecks. So it should be easier to calculate as well. So they're hoping that the timeline should be quicker. Was there any frustration from some of the people you talked to that they are having to go through these motions again, that they even have to sue the government in the first place when they already did this in 2013? Absolutely. I mean, the, the one thing that, you know, the head lawyer Barakowicz has been saying is, you know, they shouldn't have had to sue at all to get any of this money. But on top of that, you know, especially after 2013, they were hoping that there would be some sort of system put in place that would prevent this from happening again. Similar to the uh, another lawyer in the firm, uh, Zach Hennigy, brought up the Pay Our Military Act from 2013, under Obama, Congress passed a law allowing members of the military to be paid during a shutdown. It only lasted for a year. But the point is that there is precedent for making sure that people get their money if they're going to be working. But yeah, absolutely. People are are, are frustrated that they you know, have to go through this again and, and are really not really hoping they don't have to anytime soon. Yeah. And, and the case that you focused on is one of many. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other lawsuits that have been filed recently? There's a couple different lawsuits that claim a violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act. And there's also other suits filed by individual unions and different other worker groups. Uh, One interesting one is a case that argues that the shutdown violated the 13th Amendment because forcing people to work without paying them is slavery, they argue, and that the coercion of forcing you to come in or else face a penalty or lose your job is akin to slavery. So, you know, we'll we'll see where those go. But I think, you know, the one that's going to probably be the most fruitful, considering, again, we just did this two years ago, is probably these uh, FLSA suits. And it gets pretty expensive to be sued from all these different law firms and angles. So 
How much has the shutdown cost the U.S. so far? Well, it's an interesting question. I wasn't able to get a good number on how much it cost specifically, you know, with these lawsuits, you know, the cost to go to trial and, and pay all these damages. We'll see um, about 25,000 people have signed on to the current suit so far. So we'll see how many people end up signing on ultimately. And then from there, however many people are on, you know, whatever damages they're all owed, that's double money that the government would have had, would not have had to pay otherwise if the shutdown hadn't happened. So those calculations will remain to be seen. But um, the Congressional Budget Office did put out a report right after the shutdown said that the it cost the economy $11 billion. And I think it was New York Times reported that about a, a quarter of that is not recoverable. So uh, certainly, certainly has been a hit. Yeah, definitely a huge hit. And I'm curious about the state of some of the people that you talk to and how it hit them personally. You know, the shutdown was the longest in history. It was extremely long. And the president seemed to kind of make light of how serious the effects could be on individuals and their families. So how are the federal workers that you spoke to feeling right now? And if they were affected by the 2013 shutdown as well, did they feel differently then than this year? Yeah, I did talk to a couple people who were affected by both shutdowns. Randy Sumner works in um, Jessup, Georgia, as a prison counselor. He's been there for 29 years. So he's seen, I think, about a half a dozen shutdowns throughout his career. And he's still waiting on somewhere between $400 and $500 from 2013. But he did tell me, you know, the at this point, you know, that money isn't factored into his budget, obviously. But he said it's disheartening to, to have to be forced to come into work knowing you're not going to get paid or just that the stress of having to go through that and especially not know how long it would take. You know, for him personally, he told me that his wife worked uh, a full time job and, you know, they were able to dip into their savings. But they really if the shutdown had gone on any longer, you know, they went a whole month without getting paid. It's two whole paychecks and would have been really tough if he if they had to keep going like that. I also talked to Sandy Parr, who's a, a cook supervisor and nurse in a facility, also a prison facility in Rochester, Minnesota. She told me she worked 90 hours of overtime during this past shutdown. She also uh, is waiting on damages from 2013. But she said this one was different because as she put it, we've never had a president get up and say, I'm willing to let this go months or a year, you know, if, however long it takes. Uh, I don't really care. And she said it was really scary for her and, you know, the rest of the people she works with. You know, she's the head of the local union there, and they had to put together a food pantry for their employees so that they could get through that month. What she was saying was that people were really afraid this time because they just didn't know how long it was going to take. And the one the one great line uh, Randy gave me, you know, he, he said, it just doesn't feel good to feel like a pawn between mom and daddy. And I think people that, you know, I spoke with at least really do feel that added stress of this ongoing battle that they have to bear the brunt of. Yeah. So looking forward, what do you think we're going to see in the coming months or the coming year with these lawsuits? So the government, I believe, has until March to respond to the claim, to the complaint, and then the the case will move on from there. Obviously, you know, it's hard to predict how long litigation takes. But the lawyers are hopeful that this will be resolved in a lot sooner than the four years it took last time. And, you know, as for future shutdowns, you know, the government is funded until February 15th. Basically, you know, Sandy told me she's preparing for another shutdown. She's getting her office ready. They're they're making sure people have all of their timesheets in order and have everything organized so that if they need to file another claim or, you know, do whatever else needs to be done, come another shutdown, that they're ready. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. 
You can read the full story at vice.com. Thanks so much for listening, and tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.